Come join us now for Until All Have Heard. We come to you from the Far East Broadcasting Company. My name is Wayne Shepard, and Ed Cannon, who is president of FEBC, is sitting here. And Ed, uh, sometimes we have special guests join us on the podcast, and sometimes we interview FEBC staff around the world, and sometimes we just talk. And uh, like love to talk with you today about what's on your heart as you are in the scriptures each day, and uh, what's what's come to your mind recently. Well, Wayne, I was reading for about the third time this book called Skywaves, written by Gleason Ledyard. And um, in the very beginning of the book, there's a foreword written by Billy Graham. And I'd just like to read a couple of sentences from that foreword. Billy Graham writes, When I read Gleason Ledyard's book, Skywaves, I felt as if I were reading a chapter added to the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. The surprising succession of events that brought into being the Far East Broadcasting Company reminded me of the resurrection power of Christ. Later in his foreword, he says, I urge the reading of this book because I know that no person can remain the same afterwards. Here's a story that smashes right through the skepticism and secularism of our times and forces the reader to say, without God, things like this just don't happen. That was written in 1963. Did you notice that? Yeah, it was a long time ago, yeah. but it doesn't really change. No, and that's what I was going to say, is it's just as true today as it was in 1963. Did you notice, by the way, who published Skywaves? I did. <laughs> I was quite familiar with that. A Moody Press publication. Yep. It's a great publishing company, Moody. I'm quite proud to know them very, very well. But you know what this forward did for me, Wayne, was it pushed me to the Book of the Acts. And, and I really started reading more about um, where I saw sort of the mission of FEBC in Acts, what happened then that would make a man like Billy Graham say, I feel like this is a new chapter mm-hmm. in the book of Acts. Yeah. I started at the very beginning in, in Acts chapter 1, uh, and Jesus said to his disciples, you're not to know the time or the dates. The Father has set these by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and that power is a completely different message but you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's what he said in Acts chapter 1. Then there's quite a few things happen, and then you get up to Acts chapter 8, following right on the heels of the stoning of Stephen. Stephen gives this great and powerful testimony about the gospel of Christ, and at the very end, just before he gave up his spirit, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, he said. And he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And he had said this then and he fell asleep. So how do you think about Stephen praying that God, a righteous God, not hold this sin against them? What he's really praying for is that they come to faith in Christ because the only way those sins aren't held against them by placing their faith in Jesus and repenting of their sins. Yeah. And their sin was hurtling a rock at him at the moment, right? And, and the yeah, the rejection of Christ's gospel, yeah. Yeah. the hatred of Christ in order to kill someone who even speaks his, his name and his gospel. Well, as he's praying for those around him to come to faith in Christ, guess who was included in that group? <laughs> Saul, soon to be Paul, one of the greatest missionaries of all time, arguably the best. But what I love about what happened next, after he was stoned, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, 
and all except the apostles were scattered. Where? Throughout Judea and Samaria. Not to the ends of the earth yet. That's to wait for mm-hmm. later days. But exactly what Jesus said to them in chapter 1 has happened. Back in the book of John, Jesus said three or four times, I tell you these things now so that when they happen, you will believe. What things? That you're going to be scattered to Judea and Samaria. Stephen stoned, the apostles go where? Judea and Samaria. I would love to be amongst the apostles at that point and wonder, did they go back and say, this is exactly what Christ was talking about. He told us these things are going to happen. And then he said, and when they do happen, you will know and you will trust and you will truly believe. So at that point, then what did they do next? Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. And you know what that reminds me of, Wayne? The other thing he said in the book of John, over and over and over, if you love me, you will obey my commands. My commands are go therefore and preach the gospel. He told them where they were going to go. They went and what did they do? They scattered and they preached the word everywhere they went. That whole story just really warms my heart. It's incredible. We look at persecution and we see it as something terrible, and it is, but at the same time, there's a sense in which persecution advances the cause of the kingdom, God's kingdom. I don't know how many times, Wayne, I've heard from our people around uh, the world, people in places like India where the gospel is shut off, all the problems we've had with radio being blocked in Russia and the laws about evangelism, of course, some of the more obvious, North Korea, uh, China, uh, Laos, Thailand, where the persecution is rampant. But I hear people saying all the time, Ed, don't pray that the persecution right. ends. They never ask for prayer for themselves and their suffering. Pray that the persecution drives millions to faith in Christ. Yeah. Pray that the persecution raises up faithful, bold witnesses of God to the gospel. Yeah. You know, the word witness that Jesus used is the Greek word is martus. And the word martus is what has transliterated into the word martyr. So from the same root, you have two words in the English language, witness and martyr. Now, we think those are vastly different, don't you? You say, well, yeah, I'm a great witness, but I would never be a martyr. Really? It's Hmm. the same word. And, you know, I wonder, when when, when we're around these people who've been in jail for their faith, who've had family imprisoned for their faith— their, their lives are disrupted by their churches being burned down and other difficulties. I think they understand that there's not a big gap between the word martyr and the word witness. They understand that they come from the same root. Mm-hmm. I, I've had people ask me, well, Ed, have you ever been in jail for the faith? These are house church pastors in rough places to work. Well, you know, they've all been in jail. Yeah, they think it's normal, don't they? They don't understand how come an American could be a good Christian and never have spent time in jail. We take that for granted. But it is the thing, I think, Wayne, that's going to drive the next generation of believers. Yeah. You know why Billy Graham talked about what he was seeing in 1963 and what we see today is really almost like Acts chapter 29? You know why that's true? Why? It's the same Holy Spirit. 
You know, Philip DeCourcy was with us uh, a few weeks ago here on the podcast, and I've heard Philip say that we refer to uh, Acts in the Bible as the Acts of the Apostles. It really should be the Acts of the Holy Spirit, Mm. because it is the same Spirit at work today that was Mm. at work in Stephen Mm. to be able to pray for his enemies. And if it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit, then it's not Stephen versus me or you. It's the Holy Spirit who can do the same thing through us that he did through him. Same powers available. We just need the courage, don't we, Wayne? Yes, yep. And I was sharing with uh, Philip on the day we did the podcast with him about an old line that I used to hear from my father all the time. He wasn't a particularly good fisherman. He wasn't an evangelist either, but he gave me this line of wisdom, and I think about it all the time today. When my brother and I were fishing, he'd say, Now, boys, the one thing I can tell you about fishing is you're never going to catch a fish unless your bait is in the water. (laughs) It has such great biblical applications. We have this powerful Sounds like a dad, doesn't it? (laughs) It does, and he was a great dad. I loved him. But we've got this great power within us, the bait. You don't need to do anything fancy with it. We don't need to manipulate it. We just need to be bold enough to put our bait in the water. If we want people to understand the gospel through our testimony— Without telling your testimony, you have absolutely no hope of ever bringing anybody to faith in Christ. Yeah, all right. So make the application to me, to, to those of us who are listening right now, and what we should be doing. Well, you know, you don't have to go to Indonesia or Thailand or Cambodia in order to be a missionary for Christ. There are people, I'm sure, Wayne, in your life, across the street, down the hall, at the Little League game, at the grocery store— somebody that you see all the time who you've probably never asked about the gospel. And why not? I don't know. There's a multitude of reasons. I used to be afraid to tell people that my faith in Christ because they would think I'm pushing my faith on them. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to adopt a new sort of a philosophy, a philosophy that says, how can I word it so that I don't offend people and it invites them yeah. to a friendly and kind relationship that's not afraid of talking about the gospel. If we're going to love our neighbor, how can we withhold the greatest news of all, the thing that would save them eternally? You stop and think about that. If you really love someone and you know that they're not going to be saved, is just like saying, let me get you into this car knowing full well that that car is going to have a fatal accident in a few moments. It's exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we need to think about it, I think, Wayne, and prepare our hearts so that when we're in those situations, we know how to communicate the gospel. I remember many, many years ago, and I think I've shared this with you before, when I was so cowardly and I didn't know how to express my faith in Christ, I would invite friends of mine uh, who I knew weren't believers and didn't go to church to lunch, and I'd bring them in my car, and I'd leave moody radio turned on. (laughs) And invariably, the question would come up. Somebody would—we'd have Pastor Cole or some great preacher on the radio— and they would turn and look at me and they'd say, what are you listening to? What are you listening to? <laughs> what, what is this you're listening to? And I wouldn't have to say the first word. The radio would have opened and broken the ice for me. And they say, well, you know, it's, this, is, this is Moody Radio. It's a Christian radio station. And this is where I hear teaching and preaching of God's word. And then the conversation starts. And I'm embarrassed to admit many of them would say, I didn't even know you were a Christian. And what a, what a convicting statement. If the people in our lives don't even know we're Christians, and what kind of faith do we have? So I think about questions like this, Wayne, when somebody uh, is there and, and what I want to say to them. I say, look, I don't want to push my faith on you, but I really believe what the Bible says is true. And if you have any interest 
in talking about why I believe what I believe from the Bible, I'm glad to spend as much time with you as you'd like. It's sort of non-confrontational. It's an easy thing to say. It kind of excuses anything that I'm being pushy and telling you what to do. But it opens the door to offer a friendly relationship with somebody so that we can get the gospel into their lives. We're so afraid that we won't have the answers that they're going to turn around and ask us. Yeah. You know, we're, we're frightened that we won't be adequate in, in uh, representing the Lord. But as we are faithful, he will give us the words to say. The relationship is going to develop, and eventually it's going to come around, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, his word is, is valuable for evangelism and discipleship. Just use his word, count on his word, turn to the Bible. Don't try and be a know-it-all. Don't try and say, I know it better than anybody else. Yeah. This is what God's word says. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to plant the seed. Yeah. I had a conversation with a, uh, with a gentleman the other day, somebody I pass by every day. And somehow we struck up the conversation that led to spiritual things. And I couldn't answer his questions adequately to his satisfaction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just had to realize, Lord, I did what you asked me to do. I planted the seed. Now, you know, you are the one who has to cause the growth here. Yeah, yeah. It's not our job to do anything other than proclaim the word. Jesus said, you know, go ye therefore and make disciples. Well, we can't really make disciples. Yep. The Holy Spirit can. Yep. What can we do? We can point them to Christ. We can point them to God's word. And when they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's our prayer that they'll come to faith. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ed. I, I think listeners appreciate getting a little glimpse into the heart of the leader from the, the Far East Broadcasting Company, because this reflects the thinking of our staff around the world as well. This is why they do what they do, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, every time I think I'm with our staff, I talk to them, I am so impressed with their perseverance, their energy. They outshine us, don't they? Their dedication to God's Word and their willingness to put up with unbelievably difficult circumstances. And it's that thing that inspires me, and I'd love to share that with our listeners today. Be encouraged by what other brave souls are doing in difficult places to proclaim the Word, and we'll be emboldened to go across the street and speak to our neighbors. Well done. All right. Thank you, Ed. I point our listeners to our website, febc.org, for resources. We have lots of things available there, things that can help you grow as a believer, things that can help you know how to pray for the world. We've talked much in recent days about being a world-class Christian. We want to help you enhance your prayer life by praying for the nations of the world. So go online and look for those resources at febc.org. Thank you, Ed. I'll look forward to our next conversation. It's always a pleasure, Wayne. God bless you. You've been listening to Until All Have Heard. With thanks to our producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Until All Have Heard is a production of the Far East Broadcasting Company.